Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Hi, Jenny. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's uh, it's a wonderful evening. I'm so excited about what I've been working on. And so I'm just like super pumped up. How about you? I'm doing pretty good too. I really want to hear what you're working on though. Okay. So, and everybody should rush out and join the contest, but if you don't, you should vote for me. There's a contest and I want to talk about it. Fabricsstore.com hosts a contest annually. And this year their contest opens for voting on November 30th. And the contest is... Um, In their words, it's this year, we would like you to begin your design with a piece of bleached linen, which you buy from them, of course. There is no limit on the amount of bleached linen you have to use for your design. You could add a white pocket to your blouse or make a full-length toga or anything in between, and you don't have to keep the fabric white. You can leave it white, dye it, paint it, embellish it, embroider it, or anything else you want, and enter this contest. And you can enter up to three times. So you can put up three different designs. And um, voting will start on November 30th for the winning design. And the winning design will win um, a serger and a $250 gift certificate. So it's a pretty nice prize. Yeah. And I... I was thinking about entering it. And then I had a few, few people message me on Instagram and say, you should enter it. And then fabricstore.com said, Hey, you should enter this. And I thought maybe I should enter this. I feel like (laughs) the universe is telling me I should just give it a try. I never enter anything. And I don't feel, I don't feel that kind of a way about my makes. I think they're fine. I like a lot of them, but I don't feel like they're contest fine. Mm. Um, So I started by putting entering one design I used a picture from the back of the blue and white trillium I made out of fabric I dyed using navy and teal that had a really good centered medallion on the back of the dress and Mm. then just really clear medallion designs all over and I I love that dress it's probably my favorite dyed dress I had made so I put that one up and then I thought you know it's fine it's a dyed dress. The patterning on it's really nice. I love the design of it. I look awesome in it. Um, but is that really what I want to enter? Or do I want to, instead of going into my closet, to put more intention into it and think about what I would create if I was starting from a piece of bleached fabric? And I decided to do that second thing, to think about what I would create if I was starting from a piece of bleached fabric. And so I started by dyeing fabric I've already posted on Instagram, which I dyed using Raven and Gray and Hydrangea um, Procyon fiber reactive dyes. And I used those colors because I thought what I'd like to do is dye a piece of fabric that reminds me of the night sky because my dad was an astronomer I always miss my daddy. And that felt like a good combination to me. And when I tied the fabric, normally what I do is I fold the fabric in quarters and I put as many rubber bands as I can all over it to make just so many circles of different sizes. And I thought that's not super outer spacey. So we're not going to do that. That's not the plan for this one. Instead, 
I took the fabric and folded it in half once. I had about four and a half yards, folded it in half once, and then starting at one of the corners on the folded side, I put a rubber band, I did two rubber bands, just one after the other on it. And then I tied using cut elastic, just every six to eight inches going down, which my belief was, and then I took that. So I had now a long hot doggy piece, Mm -hmm. longer than a hot dog, like a long, just a long string, a spaghetti strand. And I started making it into a spiral like you would a a crescent roll, not a crescent Mm -hmm. roll, those other ones, cinnamon buns, a spiral, you know, starting at the center and going around. And I tied it to itself so it would stay flat like a cinnamon bun. Like I could put it in the oven and have it puff up as a cinnamon bun. Um, And I thought, well, with that, what I should get, what I think I'm going to get, not positive, but what I thought I would get is concentric circles going out, like the ripple in water, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, with a smaller circle at the center and much bigger at the edge. But because it was so, it's a rectangle folded up on itself, I thought, well, it'll be, it'll be uneven concentric circles sort of like a spiral arm galaxy or or something similar. And I thought, well, that'll that'll be fun to work with. That means I'll have an unpredictable, I mean, they're all unpredictable to me, but I'll have an unpredictable piece of cloth with a very unpredictable pattern on it. But where if you stop and look at it, you should be able to see those giant arcs. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be neat. So that is more or less how the fabric came out. There were some spaces that didn't weren't as arky, um, and others that were more arky, and I liked it. I thought that was that was pretty nice. Once I finished the fabric, I had to start thinking about a pattern for it, and I thought, well, I I love a fitted garment, so I'm going to go fitted. So the obvious place for me to go is the Upton by Cashmerette. Mm-hmm. Fitted bodice, I've already done all the work to make it work exactly on my body. Perfect choice. I didn't do that. And then the next really great choice would be an Anna by By Hand London. Fitted garment, love the way um, instead of darts, it's open pleats to form the cups. Mm -hmm. Think that's a fabulous dress. Love it. Looks gorgeous on me. So obviously I didn't go with that either. And then I thought we'd been talking a couple of weeks ago about sew over at London. And I thought, oh, I could do the Betty dress, which I've been interested in seeing how it works. So clearly I didn't go with that either. I ended up going with my tried and true trillium. Now, if you've seen the trillium, your first thought has to be, but that is not a fitted bodice. And then your second thought has to be literally not even a bodice because the back piece is neck to hem. There's there's not even a bodice piece on the back and it's elasticized. This is not a fitted garment. Why are you doing this? And I'm doing it because I really like the front of that one. So what I did was I, I traced off the back pattern, cut it off at the waist, (laughs) and then I did the front side and I I measured it and I'm like, you know what? I need those darts to be each of the two small fronts on the dart below the bust. I need those to be about an inch wider each. So I did that. And that resulted in the front piece that was about 24 and a half inches across. My waist is 48. So that's perfect. And on the back piece, I did the same thing, except there aren't darts. I just made darts. And I put the darts, because I'm super clever that way, in the exact same location as the front darts. So, <laughs> so I don't know if that's where back darts are supposed to go uh-huh. or not. I didn't even try to figure that out. I was just like, oh, that'd be easy. So I, I clipped the center of the front to the center of the back, mm-hmm. clipped the hem, the side seams together, and then I just 
where the dart was supposed to fall, I pinched as much fabric as it took to make it exactly match the front bodice <laughs> in terms of width. So my back darts are a little bit wider because the back was naturally wider. Right. Right. And so I had to pinch out more fabric. So I did that. And I'm like, okay, so that clearly is going to be a perfect fitted bodice, unlike all the other ones that I already know work. <laughs> I just invented it myself and it 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 did in fact work. So I love that. And then I thought, well, I need. I need a skirt that represents those arcs, mm-hmm. the arcs of the die. And a circle skirt is the obvious answer. But the more I looked at them, I'm like, that's, it's just not circly enough. It's not, there's not enough wave in it. When mm-hmm. I twirl, you won't see my underwear at all. It just <laughs> didn't seem like it was right. So I made a double circle skirt, which I did by going to by hand London circle skirt calculator and putting in half my waist size for the size of my circle skirt. And then I cut two of them out. Okay. And and then I cut up one edge of each circle skirt along the radius so that it, it was going, you know, it's a 24 inch skirt. So it was the full 24 inch length from center to hem, not off set from that. So it was like that. And I sewed them together. And the opening at the waist was 48 inches, which is what I was expecting my bodice to be when I sewed it together. Ah. And, and it was about, about right. I think one of them was maybe, you know, an inch and a half bigger than the other side to ease. I think it was the skirt was bigger. I had to ease the skirt into the opening, but it, but it worked beautifully. It worked beautifully. I was incredibly happy with that. So it's, it's the swishiest skirt I've ever experienced. Now, I hate hemming a circle skirt, like hate it. I, I hate hemming a circle skirt. I will never in my life again, make a circle skirt because the aggravation per inch is too high. Here's the weird thing. I found it less aggravating to hem a double circle skirt. So in the future as an aggravation per inch, because I got more joy out of it, a double circle skirt's the answer. The circle skirt, I was like, yeah, those are nice or whatever. But I could get that out of a gourd skirt. I could do a thousand other things. I could gather it. I could do many other things to get the same look, a pleated skirt, get the same hem, right? But a double circle skirt. Oh my God, this thing is dreamy. So, so I've done that. And then I'm like, that doesn't feel like enough. So, so having done all those things to try and get to my design, I thought what I really ought to do is mail the dress to Beverly and then she should embroider it and send it back. And I'll just pretend like I did it. And then I thought, probably not going to be able to get that done. So instead, I went out and bought black, dark gray, light gray, silver, rose gold, and white embroidery floss. No, pearl cotton, size five, because my Joann's didn't have colors that were useful in in smaller (laughs) weights. Of this, uh, of this pearl cotton. Like I could get hot pink and bright green, but that wasn't right for my outer space dress. So I bought those and looking at the front bodice of my dress, there's a lot of, there's a lot of white gray space versus black space, darker spaces. Mm -hmm. And what I think I'm going to do is outline echo, echo quilt, basically around the big black spaces going from starting with black running stitch or chain stitch and and alternating sort of running or chain or spaced French knots and start with the darkest color towards the dark motifs I'm going around. And as I echo out, go lighter. So it'd be black, 
dark gray, light gray, gold, rose gold, white, or something like that. And I may switch some of that up, but that's kind of my theory right now. And I'm going to do the front bodice and the back bodice. And then on the skirt, in the places where the hydrangea has left spots of pink or spots of red, things that are a little outside of what's normally there, I think I'm going to do like um, the that daisy stitch where you put little do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, the but lazy like, daisy. To have it be stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lazy daisy sort of stitch. But to have it look more like stars, I'm going to use the gold or the or the rose gold around it with the center being the weird color That's on the cool. fabric. So I'm going to call attention to those. But those will be irregular because those don't appear regularly in the skirt. Nice. And so that's that's my active theory. I have some questions, though. Okay. Before I tuck into embroidering my dress, which of course you've done thousands of not dresses, <laughs> but but you might have some better ideas on it. I bought I bought a hoop and I don't okay. know if I should hoop or if I should just not hoop. I'm worried about stretching out the linen, which was mm-hmm. pre-washed, obviously, but I'm worried that if I put the hoop on it, that the density of my fibers may change mm-hmm. because I, I've met myself. I'll put it on there and I'll start tugging to make it nice and taut mm-hmm. around it. So I'm worried about that. But I'm on the contrary side of that. I'm wondering if I do it without the hoop, am I putting myself at a lot of risk for, for gathering when I don't mean to gather? So I am going to recommend something that you don't want to hear. It, which okay. is no. basting. No, that doesn't make sense. You have to practice and see something. So I don't use a hoop when I, um, unless I'm doing like a specific thing that fits in a hoop size. But if I do something big and I'm working, I don't like to use a hoop, but I'm very good at holding the tension the way it's supposed to be and not tugging. Okay. Now, if you're going to tug on it, you're going to get, it's going to look bad because it's going to smush up. I will tell you. And I definitely don't want to tug. Okay. After you do use a hoop on linen and it does stretch out, you can throw it in the wash and it'll come back. Okay. So it's not that a feels like cost. an added layer of unpredictability though, because if I've stretched it out and it comes back, my stitching might not look like I meant it to anymore. I think your stitching would be fine. Um, that's, okay. that's my experience with it anyway. Okay. Now, If you, um, another thing is if you have an area where you're doing a lot of it, you can, um, you can interface in there and that'll keep it from bunching up. Um, oh, interesting. And my thinking was, so what are your thoughts on this? I was thinking that I'd try and go like, I'd try and echo at about a half an inch interval from each other. So my quilting, when I quilt, I quilt much closer than that, but I'm not trying to create a dense quilted fabric. Um, I don't think a little density will harm the look of the dress. The fitted look I think will be fine, but significant density might end up with cone boobs or smushed boobs or something like that. Right. Yeah. So one thing that I think would be very helpful, especially because you're using pretty heavyweight pearl cotton, a size five is, is a pretty big weight. I would definitely do the practice first because you may find that you need less embroidery than you think you need. You know, um, you know ah, that find, I could go further out. Yes. And you may find that, um, you may find, for example, that the French knots are too big, um, with that size. I had thought about that 
And I thought if the French knots were too big, that my backup plan would be just simple crosses, little X's. Yep. That'll work. Um, and then even you, you may find that just doing the chain stitch is enough. Um, and then, and then your one special item, um, not the chain right. stitch. I was thinking the running stitch, the chain stitch might the also running be, stitch. yeah, the chain stitch may be too heavy. Yeah. Yes. But that's why uh, I'm sure you have extra fabric that's been dyed. I do. And, you know, definitely would want to try a little, a little practice on it. So, okay. So when I practice, so my garment is other than the facing around the neck, it's all just single layer. So do you think I'd be safe practicing just single layer or should I make an artificial facing that I can also practice going through both layers? No, because I think you should practice on the single layer since most of it's single layer because the, the double layer is only going to be more stable. That's going to be the easier part for you as far as not oh, is it? Up, okay. I think, um, but the, the single layer part is where you might have a problem of tugging it too much. Okay. So different question. I'll practice. I'll practice. Now this is all just um, out of my butt. You know, I never was trained on how to do this properly. This is just how no, I, I know, stuff. but you've done it, which seems mm -hmm. more important. I also bought little tiny needles and they have different size holes in them, <laughs> but they don't tell me anything about them. And I bought a needle threader because I have old eyes, uh -huh. but they're, they're labeled as numbers three through nine. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I think that it's this, that the, the smaller, the number, the bigger, the needle. Uh -huh. And, um, I think I use sevens usually. Okay. Um, do they feel safe on linen, the seven size? Cause I does. can spot which ones those are, are, I know which ones those are in my pack. Yeah, I, they do, but my, um, my, my pearl cotton is pretty thick in that. I don't know if it'll fit. Yours will fit because yours. Is okay. Thicker. So here's my last question. Keep in mind, I don't, I have less than two weeks, right. Mm -hmm. To do things. And now I'm feeling like a week ago, I should have made the call to buy on the internet and have delivered smaller pearl cotton. Mm -hmm. Do I need to travel to another state to go nah. pick some up on Saturday? Nah, nah, nah. Okay. No, I'd, you'll be fine. And you just may change the way you do it. I think actually for photographs, it's going to come out better that you have heavier weight because you'll be able to see it more. It'll um, be more visible. That's yes. true. And so it may be more easy to do fancier styles, but you're not trying to do tiny tiny little styles. You're just trying to make an impact with it. I think you'll be fine right. with the heavier weight. Okay. And then there's just really one last super important question. Are you going to vote for my design? I am. Day? I am. And I'm going to have <laughs> other people vote for it too. See, this is what I I'm think. So I, I don't understand excited. why anyone would put in more than one entry. That was my mistake. Really, yeah. And I know that, but I can give the specific link to my fancy pants one. Yeah. That's the one you want um, people to know about. Don't tell them about the other one. Yeah. I just, you know what I mean? It was one of those where I'm like, but I, anyway, it was a spontaneous moment. I'd had enough people tell me I should do it. And I'm like, well, I should go do that right now or I'll never do it. Yeah. And then afterwards I had so much regret where I'm like, but wait a minute, I want to do something like 
worthy of someone voting for it. Not that the others, it's a perfectly lovely dress, Yeah. but I want to do something where I've intentionally said, I'm going to challenge myself to do more yeah. than I might otherwise do. Yeah. And I think, I think this is a good one. I'm excited to see okay, it. Okay. So, so what I'm committing to do tonight, Beverly, is I am committing to do some samples without a hoop okay. on my excess linen. Okay. And then um, to take pictures of them and post them, but also, you know, text them to you. Yeah. And get some so, thoughts on them. Yes. And what you can do too is if you find it's bunching up a little bit, try ironing it and see if it just comes right out. Oh my God. So I have to use the iron as well. You're not just making <laughs> me practice. For the love of Pete woman. Well, if you're able to do it here? perfectly flat without the iron, then maybe you don't need to, but. Wow. Wow. I feel, I feel attacked and supported at the <laughs> same time, which is so confusing. Um, yeah, I, I did plan to have to iron the, the one thing I don't like about the ironing concept, truthfully on this garment at this time is I, I did not iron it before cutting it out and making it. I'll just throw that out there because I actually really like the texture mm -hmm. that it comes out of the dryer after I'm done. And so even if I iron it though, I think I can run it through the washer and dryer again Yep. yep. before I, before I photograph and, it because I yeah. like. And if you find texture. that you, you know need what a mean? little bit, you can always just do a little like freshening up with the iron, you know, if you find right. you need to do that. So I think it's yeah, going to come so out I'm, great. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty darn excited about this and I'm hopeful that I bought enough because I only bought one skein of each, but I also feel like even though I am a very large person, what I'm trying to do, I don't think should take six skeins <laughs> and I have six skeins total, right? With all the colors I have. Yeah. So I feel like I should be okay. But at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, it's like every time I sew a dress for myself, I always think, oh, this is going to use the entire tiny, when I have to use the small schools of yarn, mm -hmm. it's going to use the whole thing because I'm a big person. It does not use the whole thing, but in my brain, yeah, more, more Jenny means more, more thread and it does, but not, not like that. Not, yeah. <laughs> not yards and yards and yards. <laughs> right. I think it's going to be, so I'm good. excited. I think really that excited. you'll be uh, tired of embroidery long before you run out of the, the, uh, thread. Oh, I'm certain that's true. And I'm, I'm sure that I'll be like at a point where I'm saying, okay, Beverly, I've done one and a half echo rows. That's enough to make people feel like I did the embroidery, right? <laughs> I could stop now. And your job is to say, you have to be kidding me. Even I won't vote for you <laughs> and get me back on track. So that is your job. Okay. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm super excited by it. I'm sorry to have taken up so much of our time starting with this, but I'm, I'm genuinely tickled with this idea and it feels like, it feels like I'm challenging myself to do something. So on that note, what have you been up to? Well, I've been doing a lot of stuff lately. I, um, I made a so liberated hinderland dress, another one, and it's, uh, I made it in a blue Robert Kaufman Brussels washer linen which is one of your favorites. It's one of my favorites. Um, I love rayon and linen mixed together in any kind of drapey dress like that. I think it looks really good. 
And that hinterland dress is nice. And I, I, I did good, Jenny. I put the, I like the the way the full button placket looks, but I didn't, I know I'm never going to open it. So I sewed it up and I just (laughs) put the buttons on it. So, um, good for you. Saved a little bit of time means that there's no chance of anything peeking out where it shouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So that was good. And then I made a, another Roseanne blouse and I made it in a nanny Euro double gauze that I had been saving for a while. And I decided I have done that pattern enough times. And I love that pattern that it was worth sewing this precious fabric I had. And I love how it turned out. It's um, more structured than the ones that I've done with the, uh, well, the one I did with the linen and, and rayon blend, um, but it's it's really nice and lovely, and I I really like it. I'm I, so I glad I pattern. have never I've never done the nanny Eero. I it's one that's on my list, but I I really want to buy it in a store, not mm-hmm. online, and that's slowed me down a bit. I bought this from a Japanese fabric. St- ah. They sell a lot of Japanese fabric, but they're actually in Singapore, um, this company. And um, I got a few things from them and I, re- I really like it. So um, the next yeah. thing I did, and this one is, um, this one's fun <laughs> because I made, uh, I've made two of the Merchant and Mills dress shirts. Is it called dress shirt, shirt dress? It's a shirt dress. Well, it's not even a shirt. It's a dress that kind of looks like a shirt. Um, It has- A shirt style dress. I guess so, yeah. So it is, I feel so comfortable in this dress. It is, uh, I guess, under the knees, but very, very loose, no waistline to it. Um, It has a bib in the front that has a seam in the middle of the bib. And uh, stitching on either side of it. I really love it. So I made uh, I made one and it was a bit big. So it was a UK size 18, which used to be their largest in this in their uh, range. But now they go up. Uh, I didn't write down. I think it's 57 or 58 inch, maybe 59 inch hip. I, I'll I'll put that in the show notes for sure. Um, but they, they, I think size 30 now they go to, um, but, uh, it was a little bit big on me. And so I had Jim try it on and Jim has broader shoulders than I do, but we're, we're similar in size. Um, he's a little taller than me. Um, so he tried it on and we posted the pictures for that on the punk fuckers Instagram and boy, did people like that. Uh, he had it on with his um, black Doc Martin cob mat boots and really got a lot of attention for that. He is an excellent poser. I, <laughs> I mean that in the kindest way possible. And when Jim hears this and says, did she seriously call me a poser? I did, <laughs> but I called you an excellent one. So I want that to be on record. And that was definitely some of our best engagement. And yeah. it was, it was just a really great photo. Did he like the fit? What did it feel comfortable? Did he enjoy yeah. it? Yeah, he, um, that's great. He liked it for, for house dress. I don't think he'll be, he'll be going out in it or anything, but he, he really did. Um, he did, he does like it. 
it's so because it was a little bit big for me, I decided to make the next size down. So I made the 16 and I used Telio silky oil, which is a rayon and linen blend, but heavy on the rayon. So it's really, really and slubby. Okay. And um, it's beautiful. I love it so much, um, but it's still a little bit big. So, um, and what I mean by big is not, it's an oversized dress, but big in the shoulders. And that's kind of. Right. It doesn't hang on the shoulders the way you intend. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to actually make one, another size down from that. So if anybody's interested, it's a Merchants and Mills pattern. It is, I think, so. I feel so much like myself in that dress. I love it so much. I'm going to make more of them. Um, But it's, I do recommend, you know, thinking about the measurements, because even though you, you can't really look at the finished garment, because the finished garment is so much larger. You know, I think like, I think there's 10 or 12 inches of ease in the, in the chest area, but you, you don't know, well, what does that mean for the shoulders? So I'm just saying right. maybe measure it before you, before you do it, compare it to a pattern. Right. That no, that like. makes sense. So, and the the last thing I've done is because you made the upcoming, uh, the size expansion of the deer and doe Scirocco jumpsuit, I decided to make it too, because it looks so good on you. So I made one in the style maker Jersey that I like, which is a cotton modal Jersey. I made it in black and it fits pretty good. But I don't know. I don't know if I love it. You indicated that you thought it it fit my hips better because I had my hips. That that yeah. might be part of the styling difference. Was just um, I I got a lot of got a lot of hip going on there. <laughs> well, I think that it probably looks better if you have more hips because of the shape of it. Because it has this little waistband in the middle, and I think it just would look better if you had more hips. However, I will say it is so comfy that I will wear it around my house for sure. But I did wear it to work today. It was fine. It just, you know, it wasn't, it's not my, maybe my top, um, pattern. Yeah. I, I am wearing one right now too. And, um, I, I do love the comfort of it. I was surprised by that. It's not, I've been looking for a jumpsuit to really fall in love with, and I haven't figured out what my jumpsuit is for wearing around the office because I I just haven't found one that to me says office, but this one is so comfortable. I would definitely wear it um, out of the house on, you know, errands and uh, to meals with family or whatever, because it's, it's comfortable and it's lovely and it fits beautifully, which shocked me. It's of course sized for, max 60 inch hips and I'm a 62 inch hip, but I did not have to do adjustments for it to, to have what was an appropriate amount of ease on my hips. I feel very good about it. And so in addition to that, we had a really great piece of news from um, Deer and Doe. They have offered us uh, one copy of this pattern to give out um, for our month end this month in November. And in addition, they have offered us copies to give out during the month of December. That's fantastic. So we will be providing this pattern to some of our lucky listeners, courtesy of Deer and Doe. And, if and yes, they, they've who, been delightful. And if there are people who do not have 
hips like I don't. Please do not let this discourage you. You may you may love it. And anyways, you um you could definitely wear it around your house if nothing else. It's, it is very comfortable. It is secret and not so secret pajamas depending on where you wear it. The one thing also, so there's always this question with jumpsuits about the bathroom, right? And yeah. so I went to the bathroom at work. It was easy enough to take off. That's no problem. But and a lot of the the European people who come and work for us are always really surprised that in American bathrooms, there's often like a gap in the door where people can kind of see through. So I was just like terrified because I, you, know, you have to take the top down and people would think like, why is she getting naked in the bathroom? But um, no one came in. I was I was quick. That's really good. <laughs> All right. So not what have you got? What have you got going for PF gratitude? So I'm really proud of myself. Um, I have actually accomplished one entire thing, which feels like such a low bar, but come on. <laughs> I've done one thing and I'm going to swipe away from here right now. Cause I just got a message about it. Oh, I made my mother a blanket to oh. use while, um, putting over her lap in her recliner or in her wheelchair. And I made this out of a piece of flannel that I bought at Joanne um, on one of their, well, this one I think was actually in their red spot area. So it was on clearance, but I bought a piece of flannel two yards long. I pre-washed it, don't tell. And it shrunk up beautifully, which meant that when I folded it in half, I ended up with a rectangle that was not huge. Um, that I could then stitch down the non-selvage edge once I folded it in half. So I now have a tube and then I turned it right sides out so that the seam of the tube was on the inside. And I quilted the entire thing in a three inch square all over pattern on my sewing machine. I just popped it on there and using that little foot that has the sticky outy thing that can tell you, <laughs> tell you that you're sewing evenly, right? About so many inches from the previous marking. Anyway, mm-hmm. I did that and I made a lap quilt for her to use in her recliner and her wheelchair. And I did not save it as a Christmas present. I brought it right over to her, um, dropped it off today. And she just messaged me and said, thank you. I appreciated the homemade blanket. It gets cold in here at night and I am using it now while watching TV. Oh, lovely. So she received the blanket and she appreciated it. I did ask the nursing home, was this something other members, other residents could use? Is is there a need? And they said, yeah, there's definitely a need. And so I'm going to go down to Joanne and pick up five or six more two yard pieces, wash them and quilt them and and bring them on in so that they've got a few more of those. And Um, part of me feels like I should put out a post on Instagram and be like, Hey, if you guys want to do this, here's the easy instructions, mail them to me. Um, but the truth is if you live anywhere that has nursing homes, this is the sort of thing you could probably make and take because the odds are pretty good. No matter where they're located, Florida, Texas, hot places, the people who are residents probably do experience cold and having a an easy to use lightweight. I didn't put any batting in this, a lightweight, easy to use lap blanket for um, wheelchairs and recliners would probably be really helpful. And um, if you're someone who will shop at Joanne, they frequently have their, um, their flat, their cotton flannel on sale for about $3 a yard. It takes two yards to do it. It took me less than an hour 
to do all of the stitching on it. Um, if you buy a plaid, you can cheat and just follow the lines of the plaid for your quilting stitching, which is also yeah. super helpful. But they have great flannels that are like puppy dogs and kitty cats and stars and roses and all kinds of things that might be a really neat thematic thing as well. So just something to keep in mind if you're if you're looking for a place to use your talents to do some good in your community, you almost certainly have nursing homes near you. And they, they have people in them who will feel cold, who will experience cold in a, in a more significant way than maybe you do. So That's anyway, awesome. I started off by sketching out my mommy's feet to do socks for her, right? Mm-hmm. But I haven't done it yet. I did end up taking an, a, a recommendation we got from someone else we've spoken to whose post won't go up for a while and purchased a pattern that I think might be effective for these socks. Okay. So I still have the material here. The pattern, I just got the notification that my AO file is shipped today. And awesome. so I feel absolutely certain I will get that and be able to make at least a mock-up pair before the month is over. That's and I am going to double check, but the, the polar fleece I bought has a really strong stretch to it, mm-hmm. which also makes me mon- wonder if I made it to an inch or two smaller than the height of her, like the thickness of her calf at the top. Mm-hmm. If if she might just be not, she couldn't pull them on, but if somebody could pull them on for her and have them mostly stay up. That so great. that's, that's sort of where my thought process is right now, but I'm, I'm just pleased with myself that I actually finished one. Yes. And actually took it over. That's awesome. <laughs> How about you? What's going for you? Well, I finished one, but I can't <gasps> talk about it because <gasps> the person I made it for might also be a host of the show and find out about it before she gets it. So I made one because I'm so grateful for Jenny. I made something small that um, I think will be pretty cool. And then um, I'm super concerned that you only think this person may be a co-host of the show. (laughs) That I do have some concerns that I feel I must raise at this point. (laughs) Um, The other thing that, so the other thing that I um, I'm thinking about, cause you know, I wanted to make Anna some pajamas and yeah. Yeah. So what I'm thinking about possibly doing, I had actually bought enough fabric to make two of these jumpsuits for myself. And so that's like another three yards of knit fabric. And, you know, I don't make knit dresses or anything usually, which I I could do, I suppose. But I was thinking about maybe making her like a a nightgown or or a sleep set. I found one from this May Rocky. I think uh, you've mentioned them before, haven't you? Maybe mm-hmm. pattern company. I have. Um, but they have this Slumberland lounge set, and it goes up to a sixty-five inch hip. And I think I'll probably, if I do that, I'll probably make the nightgown. It's very nice knit fabric that I have. I think she might like, but I haven't decided which pattern to go with. I like that idea. It's, it's a nice looking set. So I, I could see that being a really good choice and, uh, and super comfortable. So what a neat idea. I love it. So I got one other thing I want to mention for PF gratitude. And this is one where I, I want to do an actual public call out and thank you to one of our listeners who sent me a a care package that happened to arrive on a really hard day for me. Um, Lori of somebody or others, mom, 
sent, um, sent a care package with some fabric that I knew was coming. She had asked me if I liked the fabric. I said, I love the fabric. She said, it's on its way. And so that part was all very known, but the part, the part that was shocking to me and still, um, I'm, I'm a not emotional person and I still sort of tear up when I think about it is that, um, she drafted and cobbled together from patterns that I already own and that she owns a milkmaid dress in size Jenny based on my measurements on my Instagram and used a photo of me from Instagram to sketch out a croaky and illustrate the dress on it. And I am so touched and I cannot wait to make this dress. I, I received fabric a couple days ago that I think will be great for it, but I've got to, I've got to really think it through to decide what I want it to be. But I am, I'm elated. This is one of those gathered cup dresses that she and I had talked about a lot, but I had not gotten the gumption together to try and figure out. And, um, and the patterns that are out there for this style dress that I've been able to locate stop very short of my body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's even assuming I do my own skirt because my, my upper body fits into a lot more stuff than my butt does. (laughs) But even with that as the as the limit, there was nothing even close to my size. And I'm just I'm so honored and so blown away that someone someone would would want to do that for me. So that was really sweet. That's I just wanted to call that out a little bit. That's Um, I posted a whole video of it. If you go look on my feed, there's a video of me doing an unboxing and it includes it's hilarious because as I'm opening the box, I'm like, this is a clown car of a box. There's there's <laughs> so much in here. Um, it's, I mean, I know what all the Canadian candies taste like now. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and I have That's all cool. the rickrack in the world as well. So awesome. Very awesome. Anyway, That's very cool. I just wanted to call that out. That was a, a very personalized PF gratitude from someone to me, and I really appreciated it. That's wonderful. So right now there is a event in the uh, sewing community that is simply for the love of community. It's um, called hashtag BP Sovember and it's from Bimble and Pimble. And it Mm -hmm. is um, just some uh, get to know you kind of things that people put out. each day there's something just for this week, I think, but there's, I think if you follow the BP November, you're going to find that there's a lot of people that have so much in common with you. And I saw some of the things that they, that they asked about, and I thought they might be kind of fun to, to, to find out like how you and I might answer those things. So do you that think sounds good. good. I've been enjoying this one. I think it's a really good one. I don't normally participate in these, but they've been really compelling. And I'd recommend folks go back and look at the hashtag because it will be, it won't be actively being, um, being done by the time this episode's released, but going back and looking through would be a great way to find some new sewists to follow. It's been really neat. That's great. Yeah. So Jenny, what is your most used sewing tool? My most used sewing tool is very fine point snips. I think that's probably true for me too. Um, I do use that a lot, but the other thing that I use a lot, well, I'm going to make three answers. Is that okay? 
Oh yeah. Make as many answers as you need. Okay. Be, be you Beverly. <laughs> okay. So the snips, probably that's I, most people, probably that's their, their most used. Cause you have to use that all the time. The other one I use all the time is my seam gauge. Do you, you know what a seam what, gauge is? What's a seam gauge is? Oh, I think I know what a seam, but what the this hell one. do you use them for? This to measure the seam. Yeah, I, I have one. What are they for? What do you, what, what are you well, supposed like, to do with them? you know, when you're making hems and stuff and all the time, like I'll need to measure, like, it's really, the nice thing is it makes this little flat part right where you want to measure. And so I can see, oh, this is exactly three eighths right here. If I want to measure in on some, anyways, I use it every single time I sew. I have so many questions. Okay. So first off, I've always assumed that most people eyeball their hems because it's not that tough. I do eyeball the hem, but I, um, for example, when I, when I do one, um, hem on my sleeve, I will then measure mm -hmm. what that sleeve is and move it to the other one. Cause I want it okay. to be the same. And so, because then it, you can notice where it lands or I can anyway, it bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. Of course you can. And then, okay. um, I measure in from the edge when I put a button on. Um, oh, I forgot you do that. And that's one I don't do because it never even occurred to me that was a thing. Um, <laughs> but I love that. So that's what you would use it for. That's good. I have one. Yeah. And I, I use it for things that probably you could just use any ruler for. I just like this little moving thing because then I don't have to look so closely at it. Yeah. Um, and one side is centimeters and one side is inches. So depending on what the pattern says, I can set that thing up and I could just measure there and I don't have to look at the, cause it's the little silver numbers. Okay. It's kind of hard to see. Yeah. I'm fair old. enough. I, I keep rainbow tape on my sewing machine that goes out in eighth inches so that when I do hems and other things, I can line up the folded yeah. edge. Yeah. And if I make the needle go down the same point yeah. distant from the, you know what I mean? I can, yeah. I can gauge it that way. So that's, that's, that's my method. Idea. It's just yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And then the other the like third it. one is my thimble. I use a thimble all the time because I like to use very tiny needles. And if I push them in, I poke my finger really badly. Am I going to need a thimble? <laughs> You're going to want one probably. Although if you're just doing running stitch and I don't know, I would use a thimble for sure. I wonder if I have a thimble. <laughs> I'll have to look, otherwise I'm going to have to go buy a thimble. Uh, I'm not going to use a thimble for my practice tonight be okay. because I won't be doing that much. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Awesome. What's your most worn sewn item? It's my pair. Of I need it to be the Gilbert top. <laughs> it's not my, it's not my most worn item. It's not, it's my, um, it's the joggers that I made. Cause I put them on half oh. the nights. <laughs> no, that makes sense. That totally yeah. makes sense. I hadn't thought of that at all. Yeah. Between those and t-shirts, I put those on in the evenings. Like I'm, I'm a kind of person, even if uh, I wore something comfortable to work when I come home, I generally change my clothes. Yeah. I generally do, but my most often change is into a t-shirt I bought, something that's got words on it, like glorify obesity or, <laughs> or something else. I wear a t-shirt, right? Uh -huh. And then I slide into my Kapunda undies. Okay. Um, because, 
you know, it's better than pants. And that's my most common evening wear is just a t-shirt with something on the front and underwear. So what's your most made, most worn item that you made? This is tough for you because you get rid of your stuff so fast. It is. I, I get rid. I get rid of most of my. I've made over at this point over seven hundred items in two and a little bit years, and I've got fifty in my closet. I mean, mm-hmm. so I I obviously get rid of most of them. Um, but I have. So for example, I made a Chris Wood envelope dress out of silk that had like the little Mario Brothers mushrooms on it <laughs> that I think was necktie silk. And, um, I've had that one for a long time and I, I wear it really frequently. I love that one. It's a great for me over the summer. It's the perfect summer weekend dress. Mm. It's a little bit too short for the office, a little bit too sheer for the office, but it's perfect for just wheeling around whatever it is I'm going to do. So that's, that's probably one of them. The, the thing for me is individual items are harder. My most created and most worn item is my trillium dresses, like as a Mm -hmm. class, but for an individual dress, I don't know. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to pick something that wasn't a Chris Wood envelope or parasol because I've, there's several of those I've kept that I wore all the time on weekends. Yeah. So yeah, my, actually my, my Chris Wood parasol top, the silky Noil one, I was probably one of my top worn things too. I, I wear it almost yeah. every week. Yeah. It's, it's super comfortable and it looks I think it looks chic. Like it looks, it looks like a nice, modern, simple thing. So. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. What is your, I'm going mixing these up in here. Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite part of sewing besides sewing for other people? Uh, cutting out the patterns. So I would rather cut the pattern out than cut the fabric out. I'd prefer the fabric because I'm closer to having a dress. <laughs> when I'm cutting the pattern, I'm not even close yet. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but you know, there's there's some fun part of cutting the pattern for me because like, there's some adjustments that I make on everything. And I kind of like to do that. I like to make the, um, like when I have to blend the sizes and I take out the little French curve thing or the hip curve. And yeah, I like doing that. So yeah. Yeah. It doesn't appeal to me if I could have them just show up done or if I could figure out a way and there isn't a way in my sewing room, you just have to trust me on that. Um, if I could figure out a way to make a projector work, I would be all mm-hmm. in because anything that means I don't have to cut a pattern would make me thrilled. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Okay. So what is, what is, inspires you? Other people's makes. Me too. I really enjoy scrolling through Instagram and seeing what other people have done. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very inspiring that, I mean, the reason that this contest dress I'm making is what it's going to be is because looking at other people who've entered in previous years and the embroidery they've done, seeing the embroidery you've done on shirts since the podcast began, looking at um, some of the embroidered items that I've seen other makers make what did Lydia what Lydia made and and other Mm -hmm. makers have made just really makes me feel inspired to try it even though it's not not in my natural wheelhouse so I I love seeing what other people do yeah I would have to say that too like when and even when I when I see something I think oh I, I I love that pattern I'll make it and then I look at the hashtag for that 
pattern and then I get even more inspired. And, you know, you can do that too sometimes with the fabrics. Um, I know Blackbird Fabrics Mm -hmm. um, has, they have hashtags for their different types of fabric, which I think is really cool. Like I think uh, it's hashtag BF for Blackbird Fabrics and then like silking oil or whatever. Right, right. You know, because I think of myself as a creative person, but sometimes I'm like, what will I do with this? And then you see what other people do and you're like, wow, that's a cool idea. Yeah. I found like Katie Cortman to be really inspirational for color mixing and pattern mixing something I've always felt I liked, but not always been great at including in things that I make. Um, yeah, I'm not good uh, at that. Yeah. And I, so I found a lot of inspiration for things like that in the sewing community, which I really, I really enjoy. I don't take in enough of the right kinds of pop culture, I think, to find inspiration in the fashion there. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not watching a lot of red carpets and I'm not reading a lot of Vogue's or whatever else. And so I I don't see it any, any in those spaces typically. Yeah. But yeah, me too. But I like that. What's your favorite sewing pattern? Um, I think right now I would say there's, well, you know, I don't stick with them as long as you do, but I really love the Roseanne. I am determined to make that into a dress. Actually, I think I'm just going to extend it straight down because it's plenty loose on me. Um, I think that's one of my favorites, but I really love this Merchant and Mills dress shirt. Really love it. How about you? That's awesome. I think that my answer has to be the chive dress right now, not just because I've been binging it recently, but because it, it made me excited about pockets, <laughs> which is not a thing for me. I'm yeah. not a pocket person because pockets are stupid things that always hang badly on me. And it made me excited about pockets. All of those, all of those memes, it has pockets. And yeah. now I'm feeling it, which I've yeah. never really, I, to me, they're, they're the pattern piece I cut out because you should. And then I stick it right in the pattern envelope and I never take it out again. And so I, I think that one, I love the dress, but not because of the dress. It's my favorite. I think it's my favorite because it taught me a thing I didn't know could be true that I could love pockets. That's great. Is there anything that the sewing community doesn't know about you? Oh, there are bound to be so many things they don't know about me because nobody ever thought to ask me. Um, <laughs> I love boiled peanuts, but there's a problem. The last time I had boiled peanuts has to be years and years and years and years ago because you can only eat boiled peanuts on the way to the beach. And I live in the mountains. Okay, here's something. I've never had a boiled peanut. And (laughs) I had no idea that people boiled peanuts. What happens to them when they get boiled? Amazing. They get all mushy. They're just mushy, salty. Tastes like salt water with a peanut mousse center in the beginning, in the middle. They, uh, there's no way to explain them. Your hands are so gross and sticky at the end. They are the worst food in the world and I love them, but you can only eat them on the way to the beach. Mm. You can't even eat them at the beach. You can only eat them on the way. That's like the law. And so, so I love them, but I'm never, I never get to eat them. Hmm. Give me a fact about you. Nobody knows. Besides the peanut one. I don't know if people know (laughs) that I'm left-handed. That's so inconvenient. Do you find that impacts your sewing? Because everything's built for people who aren't. 
The funny thing is, is it feels to me like sewing machines are built for left-handed people because like I come for me. Yeah. Like I don't, cause there's less room on the right-hand side to get in there. That's true, I guess. But I, to me, that's always felt like the natural side you'd want to guide from, but that's because I'm a righty. So, yeah. so I have that weird kind of color blindness that means that I can't easily differentiate blues and greens. Mm. So I get them wrong a lot. And I also can't easily differentiate browns and grays. So oh, I get them wrong a lot. I can understand that. And the reason, like, I never would have known that. But if I have a couch that I would call like a pewter color, but some people call brown. And we yeah. also have a dog that is the same color. This, um, what I would say is gray. Uh, she's a, a blue pit bull. But sometimes people think she's brown. So. They're yeah, wrong. It's just but... one of those. Well, and I hear that all the time. I'll compliment somebody on, oh, I love your blue dress. And they're like, green, it's green. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to believe you, but are you sure? Because it is in no way green. And, and so there are colors where I, I don't know that when I look at the world, I see it the same way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It makes my family nuts because it's, it's like always a contentious but then you know, within families, it'll weird. be a contentious thing. Go change that. It doesn't go together. <laughs> yeah, we can't actually know, like, if any of us see it the same way, right? I mean. That's true. Right? Like, we describe That's it That's true, as, but you know, there is a general consensus about yes. a thing, like the Ikea bags. Those are blue bags, right? Yes. I don't, I only know that because I've been told they're blue bags. So you think that's green? I think that they, yeah, they're, they're a green cast. They're more to the teal side. No, they're, they're like primary blue. That's what I've been told. <laughs> they're, they're blue, blue. Yes. Huh. That's And so in some lights I can catch the blue, but for the most part to me, they're a blue green. I got one more. I want to go through because we're going to okay. meet someday. What are we going to eat and drink? What's your favorite food and drink? Okay. Well, my favorite drinks, I have the different time of day drinks. In the morning, I love coffee, a lot of coffee. And then I love plain soda water with lime in it. That's my favorite drink. What about Is you? Is soda water the bubbly one? Yeah. So, like seltzer yeah. water, plain, plain. I was pretty sure that's what it meant, but I wasn't positive. Mm-hmm. How about your food? I love Mexican food. I think Mexican food is really good. But if I could only have one restaurant style of food again in the future, I would go for Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> And for drinks, I'm, you know, I'm a traditional soda person. I don't do coffee. So I have soda as a drink or I have water with lemon or or lemon or lime in it. Okay. Those are. Okay, Jenny. I will. See See you you next next Tuesday. The Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frockers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.